Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Sunbury Press publishes print, electronic, and audiobooks under a variety of imprints and categories available worldwide wherever books are sold. And now your host, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press, Lawrence Knorr. We're at the Christian Baker Farm near historic Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. My guest today is author Caitlin Hicks. She's the author of A Theory of Expanded Love and Kennedy Girl. Both novels follow Annie Shea through her coming of age and events in the late 1960s in California. Caitlin Hicks is the author of the 2015 novel, A Theory of Expanded Love, which won many awards, including Forward Indies and iTunes for Best New Fiction. Her writing has been published at Vancouver Sun, uh, Los Angeles Times, San Francisco Chronicle, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, The Fiddlehead, whatever that is, and other publications. A literary magazine. Okay. <laughs> Learn more at CaitlinHicks.com, and here is the real Caitlin Hicks. Welcome. Thank you. Good so, morning. Good morning. Well, actually, yeah. Who's ever listening to this, it might not be morning, but uh, we are okay. talking in the good. morning. So it is a good morning. It's a beautiful morning yeah. here. It's beautiful here, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here in Pennsylvania, and finally the smoke from Canada has cleared. So thank you all, you Canadians, for the smoke. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Yeah, that's good. But that's not British Columbia uh, smoke. That's Ontario well, smoke. I think. No, but British Columbia is a little bit uh, on fire as well. Oh, is it? Oh, bummer. Well, yeah, everywhere it's quite quite warm these days. Yeah. Well, we hear about it a lot too. Yeah, but right around us, where we are now, um, it's it's really beautiful, and um, yeah, we've got a pond in front of the house, and so. It's, it seems cooler than at most in most locations. Well, as far as uh, your novels, both of them have Annie Shea, your protagonist. Tell us a little bit about Annie. Who's Annie, and what what is she about? Annie is um, the sixth child in a family of thirteen children who lives in Pasadena, California, uh, in the nineteen sixties. And in nineteen sixty three, the book A Theory of Expanded Love uh, takes place just in that one year. And um, she is self-centered and narcissistic, <laughs> jealous and desperate for attention because she's kind of lost in this big, this huge family where the sound of everybody's voices is always everywhere. And um, that makes for the comedy of the first book and, and you know, the sort of endearing nature of the suffering of the Lostats character. Um yeah, so that's who she is, and she's she's the, her family is Catholic. So, and her father is from is a Navy commander. So, right. you know, it's military. It's uh, she's got to hep to and uh, obey everything, and you know, do her life by the commandments. And uh, you know, she takes everything very seriously. Um, and in in a theory of expanded love, the the, um, the pivotal event happens when the Pope dies, and um, the, the family friend, Cardinal Stefanucci, who was with uh, Annie's father at uh, Pearl Harbor, um, it, it, he's on the short list to become the first American Pope. So this is not historical, that particular thing. That's right. the send-up, the fiction part of it. But um, it's what starts Annie on her campaign of, of uh, you know, love by association or fame by association with Cardinal Stefanucci. So she devises every possible way of linking herself with, gets caught up in these, 
you know, fabrications uh, until, anyway. So that's just the beginning of where she comes from in yeah. the theory of expanded love. Yeah. And, and she's back in Kennedy Girl a little later in the decade. Things are a little more tumultuous. Um, yes. In 1968 is when Kennedy Girl happens, and, and Annie is 17 years old, five years hence from 1963. And it's kind of ironic, I think, I mean, that both of the novels um, deal with Kennedy being assassinated. (laughs) At the end of 1963, obviously, it was John F. Kennedy, the president. And then in 1968, it was his brother, Robert uh, Kennedy. And um, so, again, the the, um, catalyst for the activity or or the action in the novel really takes place on the night that Kennedy is shot. And uh, Annie and her her friend Lucas, who is um, a, a dancer from the uh, the uh, hair from the, it's a student showcase, mm-hmm. um, and she meets him there, and they sort of have they sort of notice each other. It's a very innocent interaction, and the first time they actually meet, realizing that they like each other, is uh, the night that Kennedy is is shot. So we're in the ballroom there with the things that happen, and um, I tried to put that together as as uh, closely as I could. It was really exciting to read all the stuff that's out there about that night and what happened and what might have happened. Yeah. You know, put the um, the details together and have the two of them standing in the room witnessing certain things that and either did or didn't happen, and. Um, and then, you know, they go through the night, you know, they, they leave together after he um, is shot with the rest of the shocked um, audience that gathered for uh, Robert Kennedy's uh, presidential final in, um, in California. Uh, and um, they go out, they, they just are together in a truck, in, in Lucas's truck, and... Uh, they get themselves into trouble, and that's what right. you know sets the whole story going. Right, yeah. right, and so the, yeah, it's also a, a story about race as well, and yes, definitely a story about race. So I mean, you can't uh, basically. You're going to talk about the '60s. You have the Kennedys bookending it, and you have race, and in the backdrop, I don't know how much you bring Vietnam into it, but of course that's going on at the time as well. Yeah, Vietnam is definitely a a feature in it. Uh, In fact, in Kennedy Girl, um, it's it's in the beginning, her three brothers sign up on the same day, enlist on the same day for the Navy in an effort to not get killed. You know, Mm -hmm. it was a strategy used by some people. Because they felt that the navy, if you were in the navy, you wouldn't be sent out uh, on the front lines; you'd be on the ships, you know. But um, yeah, so she talks about what happens in, in is against the war by this time. Yeah. So I have to ask you. John, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say with the Kennedys and and the initial book in the Catholic family. Um. Is there some connection there, the fact that we had our first Catholic president, and then you're also writing about a Catholic family? Was that, was that uh, yeah, a yeah, coincidence? Or? Okay. No, it, it's not really. Um, it's interesting because Annie says that uh, her father voted for the Republican 
rather than the Catholic, so that the Republican uh, trumped the uh, religion, even though they were a highly religious family. Yeah. So um, it's definitely a conservative family. Um, yeah, but things like John Lennon and George Harrison flying to India wearing pajamas to meet some guru yogo, guru yogi, so they could do transcendental meditation. And, um, you know, then she digresses and says, I've been meditating on the mysteries of the rosary ever since I can remember. And then, um, you know, the Pope John Paul VI giving out the proclamation called Humani Vitae Singh, um, birth control is a sin. You know, things like that that are just... Um, you know, little details of the 60s. Right. Um, and he wonders why we're even in a place like Vietnam. Well, um, Caitlin, yeah. we need to take our first break. We'll be right back. We're okay. talking to Caitlin Hicks, the author of A Theory of Expanded Love and Kennedy Girl. We'll be right back. Sunbury Press Books is the home of independent authors and thinkers. Radio Free Press is our imprint for politics and social issues. Check out authors such as Pat LaMarche, author of Still Left Out in America, The State of Homelessness in the United States. Wingnuts, a field guide to everyday extremism in America by David Michael Slater. And A Year of Change and Consequences by Mark Single. Find out more by clicking the Books tab at sunburypress.com. I'm back with Caitlin Hicks, the author of A Theory of Expanded Love and Kennedy Girl. And uh, Caitlin, when before the break, we were talking about the election, I guess, of 1960, that, that the dad, despite being Catholic, voted Republican, which means he voted for Richard Nixon. Uh, Nixon <laughs> being Ike's vice president, um, pretty, maybe not so popular guy, but... Uh, I think the assumption was he was going to win, and well, we all know the history of Richard Nixon since, but mm-hmm. it's just curious that a Catholic dad would have been so conservative as not to follow his faith, um, which was sort of the thing about Kennedy. People were, uh, you know, if you vote for Kennedy, if we get Kennedy, he's going to be loyal to the Pope and all this stuff. Um, yeah, I was just wondering about yeah. why, why the choice of the Catholic setting and and uh, and all that. Well, um, you know, this book, A Theory of Expanded Love, and A Theory of Expanded Love most, more than Kennedy Girl, uh, ar- arises from my own childhood. And, um, like, I came from a very big family, and it's very Catholic, very military. And uh, I, I was actually trying to write a memoir about it, and I was just like, ah, I can't be bothered to write a memoir. It was sort of boring because I already know what happens and all this. So I realized that I had to create an event that didn't happen so that I would be free to write well about it. And so um, my husband and I, who who, uh, collaborate on almost everything, uh, were discussing this, and we came up with this idea that the friend of the father at Pearl Harbor, my father actually was at Pearl Harbor, um, became... Uh, on the shortlist to become the first American Pope. And that's the, the you know, catalyst, catalyst for the the first book, mm-hmm. Theory of Expanded Love. But as soon as I got that, I was just off and running with with the uh, writing of the book, and it took me less than a year to write it and finish it. Okay. And it was quite successful. So a lot of the, the interwoven details of, you know, the exaggerated novel... <laughs> Um, uh, came about 
um, because of my own uh, upbringing. Right. Everything's exaggerated. My husband also comes from a big family. We we've sort of threw in both of all the stories from our, you know, the famous stories of getting left behind in public places and being forgotten at dinner and all those things are present in the novel, which make it so rich. Um, so we started this question about um, the dad voting for Kennedy, I think. Nixon, yeah. Yeah, and it's more about the Catholic connection, that uh, uh, the large families, too. When, when you mentioned uh, 13 children, then you talk about family goes out to dinner and leaves one behind. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so there were three kids in my family, my parents. Uh, you know, so there were five of us when we would go out. And so I can't imagine, you know, my parents forgetting one of us. Maybe my little brother would run off and we'd have to run him down. But, um, yeah, I guess if you have 13, it's like you got to count them up and make sure everybody's there. That must have been quite a uh, quite an ordeal. Now, there were that was a, there was a lot of counting actually. <laughs> You're so right, and also she she mentions this being lined up in a in a picture. You know they they were used to you know just being lined up in a line you mm-hmm. know for a, a family picture and stuff. So you get all those delicious little details in the first book. Now the second book, um, you know it has those large Catholic family elements to it because she comes from there and she's always referring back. And her struggle is is the um, the strange um, uh, clashes between what they say and what she observes. So there's a lot of of religious indoctrination that she's in, incorporated into her personality, but she's questioning everything against what her experience is. So in the second book, um, she's 17, and it's a different level of questioning because she's at a she's she's maturing into a young woman. And uh, she, you know, has her first crush, and uh, he comes home. And the, the book opens at the funeral of her first crush, who comes home from Vietnam in a coffin. Mm-hmm. And she's just really trying to figure that out. And um, yeah, there are twists and turns, but um, the Catholic element is definitely woven right through both books. Yeah, I'm, and her, yeah. So it, it's it's quite interesting. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, my my experience with the 60s, I'm a bit younger. I was born in in uh, 64 and have some memories of the 60s, like sitting at a table watching the astronauts land in 69. Uh, my mother setting us up for that. But I, I also had remember an incident where a jeep, an army jeep, pulled up outside our house. And I was terrified. And so I must have been four or five years old. And I come running from the window and, you know, mommy, there's a soldier outside. And I had fear in me that the war was coming to us. Wow. And it must have been from watching Walter Cronkite or, you know, Roger Mudd on the evening news talking about, as I remember the counts every night, you know, 10,315 soldiers, you know, killed or wounded. And you know, every night they'd yeah. keep tabulating and, and that. You hear that. In- yeah. You hear that in Kennedy Girl, too. Annie sees, she talks about the uh, constant barrage of the news and what it means and the soldiers that are coming home. And this all, you know, as she reflects on this, the days that her three brothers enlist for the Vietnam War together. Yeah, the other, the other thing that's interesting that not a lot of people put into context, because we tend to look at the decades as separate, independent entities, but 
you know, those 1960s were only 20 years after World War II and the great generation and the victories and so on. And those soldiers treated so well and the tragedy of Vietnam and the treatment of the soldiers coming back and just where our country was only, only 20 years after. It's uh, quite yeah. remarkable. So, um, and yeah. Also, the, the changes that, that happened during between 1963 and 1968 it, it just the political scene looks so, yeah. to me looked so different um in 1968 from 19 and and i i've read that uh really the 60s didn't start until kennedy got right. president kennedy got shot and then the 60s as we know it or as we think of it uh you know the re- rebellion and the student uh uprising and the hippies and the Everything, um, you know, from the um, civil rights and, uh, yes, all all happened, you know, after 1963. Yep. On that note. Go ahead. I was going to say, on that note, we got to take another break. We're talking to Caitlin Hicks. We'll be right back. Sunbury Press Books is your home for independent and innovative authors. Verboten Books is the imprint for mature content. Check out Satan's Petting Zoo and Mayhem Menagerie, written by Brian Koshensky and Chris Pisano. Also, Lana Shea's Erotic Hustle and Bram Stroker's Rated Z series. Find these and books for all tastes at sunburypress.com. I'm back with Caitlin Hicks, the author of A Theory of Expanded Love and Kennedy Girl. And Caitlin, here in the the final 10 minutes, let's talk about 1968. What a tumultuous year. And, uh, you know, you have Annie very closely uh, associated with the RFK assassination. And, uh, you know, what what a terrible moment in American history. And I, I know if we tie it to today, suddenly we see RFK Jr. out in the limelight running for president again. Um what what are you thinking about that? Is there any any like connection you're making there, or anything you're concerned about? Well, it, I said yeah, like, maybe Robert, it brings back memories, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and also, his father, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s father, um, definitely uh, had the same kinds of uh, beliefs and um, passions for the people. Um, relating to the to the you know <clears throat> the little guy and um, wanting to have you know wanting to, uh, being against the war and uh, you know I, I, there's so much to um, what Bobby Kennedy uh, was all about um, and in the midst of this. Uh, the, the government was kind of out. I don't know. The CIA was kind of out of control, and uh, <clears throat> Martin Luther King was assassinated. And Annie, in the book, um, Annie is is a volunteer for Robert Kennedy the night that Martin Luther King is assassinated, and she goes into his the the headquarters in uh, Los Angeles and um, observes what's going on there and. Uh, Bobby Kennedy's, you know, being shown in the um, in the television because he is encouraging. He was his. He was, you know, re- responsible for. I think, or at least about um, 
the assassination of Martin Luther King and encouraged um, the black uh, citizens not to riot. Mm-hmm. And he related the loss of Martin Luther King to the loss of his brother, um, President Kennedy, and um, talked about that and it was in a very moving speech that was broadcast on the television. And as a result, <clears throat> um, there, you know, the, the the fear of the riots everywhere was not um, realized. Uh, anyway, that was um, yeah. So she goes through, and it, it's quite ironic because she goes through the headquarters the night that Martin Luther King is assassinated, and um, and they the both the two of them Annie and Lucas end up at the headquarters the night that that Robert Kennedy Jr. is assassinated a few months later. So there were a lot of there were, there were assassinations in in 1968. It, it was a very dark year for. Yeah, it's a. I mean, just looking at it from an historical perspective, it's a highly unusual period to see that many prominent assassinations so condensed in such an you know a short time, so impactful and. You know, either there's a lot of discord and chaos in society, or there is some kind of, and then it will sound like a conspiracy theory to say so, but it almost looks like there's there's some authority. With all the JFK assassination stuff, there's all kinds of things. In fact, we have some books out about that. But um, yeah, it does seem like it's unusual that there would be that many assassinations of of prominent figures, yeah. and uh, you know, that are going against the grain. So, um, but, you know, interesting. There's a a lot. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, there's a a line in in Kennedy Girl. The two of them are are leaving the building. Everybody's saying, leave the building, please. Because suddenly after he leaves, you know, he leaves, he he gives his his speech of, uh, you know, triumph. Uh, for the election there in the the Democratic, the California, the state of California went for him the night he was assassinated. And so he gives his victory speech and says, well, let's, you know, go on to Chicago and, you know, we're going to go win there. And he walks off the stage, goes into the kitchen and gets shot. And everybody in the big room um, is just like, they don't even know what happens. And then all, so you hear, you feel the chaos and the, the, the knowledge uh, circling in the room that pe- something happened. What is it? You know, you know. Do and they hear the voices? They heard the shots. They, and then suddenly everybody in the room who was just seconds ago cheering, uh, RFK, RFK. Suddenly they're all leaving the building mm-hmm. and being told to you know go home. Just go home, and that's the best you can do. And yeah. the ambulances, and so these two follow the ambulance into the night. And there's a line, there's the, the, the last paragraph of the chapter before he gets into trouble. They're, they're about to go. So Lucas says, you know, the sooner we be getting back to, you know, where we, you know, your home, because he's offered to drive her home, the better we're going to be. And it says, but the universe was not about to let us go. We inhabited an uncertain space where the fluid, mysterious forces of existence could be twisted in any direction. Bobby was still alive. He could live or he could die. Anything could happen. So it's that night as he lay in the hospital, 
and they were trying to bring him back to life that these events happen um, to Annie and, and Lucas um, that, that are the catalyst for this book. Anyway, I, I, I just think it's interesting that there are these moments where things could go either way. Yeah. Um, and those are the moments we live in. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, to summarize, I think you have somewhat of an autobiographical thread here with Annie, you know, a little bit to, to get the, the, the realism of the experiences of the age. So they're genuine. But then you weave in all the important events, or some of them, the most important events of the era into the narrative. And I would think anybody who's a baby boomer who really uh, is reminiscing about the time period would be interested in these novels from an historical fiction perspective. And then the issues that you cover are also very relevant today and have some great messages mm -hmm. in them as well. Um, I guess a question for you here before we wrap up in a few minutes, uh, are you, do you have anything going on with appearances, anything lined up that you're doing um, that's imminent oh, well, that you'd like just, to mention? Um, that I'd like to mention, well, there's nothing upcoming, actually. I just did a, a keynote speech at a writer's festival, and uh, that was wonderful. Um, it's a lovely, uh, wonderful experience. And um, um, I, I, right now there's, there's a couple of places where the... Um, the um, novel is being talked about. One is on a website called Women Writers Women. Um, uh, women it's too early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can I can give you those, uh, you know, and just they exist. Um, okay. Anyway, there it's writing about the uh, genesis of, of of the whole story of Annie Shay. Um, yeah, no, there's there's nothing right now. I'm, okay. I'm setting up a, a tour right now, um, but uh, everything has just happened. Like I'm being featured on another podcast. There's a, a a blog and podcast situation going on, and then there's it's with uh, with you. Well, I would think um, with, I would think with the RF, RFK Junior gaining in the polls a little bit more talk about RFK, RFK, RFK. Of course, they're talking about Junior. You, know, you start talking about senior and the events of '68 and so on. You might get some might get some traction there. The uh, yeah. Last question I wanted to ask you was about what's next. Is does Annie Shea continue? Is there a a third novel? <laughs> well, I've been thinking about that, and um, I know what it is. I've got to tell you, Annie Shea turns conservative. She votes votes for Nixon. She has 13 kids as a Catholic mother herself. <laughs> Goes to meet Pope John well, you Paul know what? II. She goes to Canada. Oh. That's the thing. Tory shaking his she head. Here. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Shaking his head. Yeah. No, she's not going to do that. She is never going to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, she goes but and votes she, for Ronald Reagan. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it might, it might. It might. She might be further along in her life. Let's just put it that way. All I don't right. Know. But. Um, no, the the the, uh, the the whole second half of Kennedy Girl um, takes place. I mean, the, is a road trip up the coast of California mm -hmm. because Annie is fleeing the law with her, with Lucas, and with her brother, who is who is um, you know a wall. So that's sort of a spoiler alert, but um, it it uh, it's quite the adventure that they go through, and um, Annie ends up at the border. 
of Canada uh, with, you know, a dusting of cocaine on her her leg. So figure that one out. Oh, boy. Um, and the dogs are, are at her. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's an unexpected kind of turn of events um, that happens. And, yeah, there's there's a lot covered in the book in terms of 1968. Um, and I've gotten a lot of really good, really good feedback on it. And yeah. the, uh, reviews are just coming in now. Um, and I'll send them to you just uh, so we can share them on your website. Well, I will. I will confirm that these novels are some of the best fiction that we've published. Uh, high quality, great stories, very well written, a very talented Thank author. You. Caitlin, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. And, Thank you. Uh, we look forward to having <laughs> it's been a you. Pleasure ba- talking to you. We look forward to having you back for the, uh, the the third book in the series, if it ever happens. And uh, <laughs> good luck with your book tour. Thank you for listening to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Check out our website at www.sunburypress.com for our latest releases. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to receive special offers and discounts.